On the discussion of the College Football Hall of Fame conversation, we're going to take a look at the guys from the pre-2000s that deserve to be in there for the Arizona State Sun Devils. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils, football, basketball, and otherwise. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you get your podcast, make sure that you hit that follow or subscribe button. Turn on those notifications, too and get notified every single time we upload a new episode, which right now for the months of June and July will be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, three days a week. That is subject to change depending on if you guys would prefer it be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you think that that should be changed up, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at RichieBrads36, and you can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. But regardless of that, you should still give those two Twitter handles a follow as we are constantly talking Arizona State Sun Devil sports, biased and unbiased. But the point of this podcast is to give you guys the best content in the whole wide world. And I would say we do, but, you know, maybe a little bit of personal bias there. Regardless, we're going to go ahead and hop into today's conversation, which is the College Football Hall of Fame. Yesterday, we talked about guys who are on the ballot and getting ready to go in to the College Football Hall of Fame. Today, we're going to go ahead and have a conversation about guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame. Now, take note, some of these guys are incredible surprises to me that they have not made it to the College Football Hall of Fame yet. Uh, towards the end of the list, there's two guys in particular who I look at, and I just get absolutely dumbfounded that they haven't found their way into the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, for what it's worth, a handful of these guys have had major NFL success as well as appearances in the college or not the college in the professional football hall of fame. So it, it's going to be a very interesting conversation. There's 10 guys who stood out to me the most. Some of these guys I'm more familiar with than others. So bear with me as I do my best to give you the most accurate description of the talent that all of these guys had. So let's go ahead and start the conversation off with Adam Archuleta. Now, Archuleta, I was not able to find any statistics on because he played in the late 90s, I believe from 98 to 2000. Now, Archuleta was kind of like a, like a safety player for Arizona State and helped replace Pat Tillman as he moved on from college to the professional level. Now, Archuleta was a guy who just flew around the field, was able to make plays, only had a couple of interceptions, literally a couple, interceptions he had two during his uh three or four year stint with the sun devils but i mean th this was a guy who just flew around the field and was able to make plays throughout ends up going to the nfl he actually was a first round pick and had himself a very good nfl career 530 tackles 18 sacks four interceptions also scored three touchdowns for what it's worth never made the pro bowl never made a super bowl or anything like that but he was a very good player for a good amount of time. 
He ends up playing uh, seven years in the pros from 2001 to 2007, particularly with the St. Louis Rams a couple of years after they won their Super Bowl title. So Archuleta was a guy who, oh, and for what it's worth, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, I believe all of these guys, and by believe, I mean I'm 100% positive, all of these guys are in the Arizona State Sun Devils Hall of Fame. So Archuleta was definitely a guy who doesn't get enough love, especially because in the mid to late 90s when he played, ASU was kind of in a weird phase where you had the Jake Plummer and the, uh, I just said, Pat Tillmans of the world who were able to coast them to a Rose Bowl that they ultimately lost to former Arizona State head coach John Cooper. But other than that, Arizona State was in a very weird phase where they were a very up and down football team. So Archuleta was one of the more uh, constants that the team had. I feel like he's a guy who should get some Hall of Fame argument uh, at, at a minimum down the road because I think that he was a very, very good football player for the team. Next guy I got here is David Fulcher. Now, Fulcher is a guy that we should be pretty familiar with. I've brought him up a handful of times. He had some wildly good success, both in the college ranks and in the pro ranks. Archula, or I just talked about Archuleta. David Fulcher, excuse me, was also a safety for the Sun Devils, uh, recorded 12 interceptions in a three-year career for the Sun Devils, a whopping 16.1 uh, yards like after the interception, I I don't know, like the technical term for that off the top of my head, but return yards kind of thing Uh, ends up recording one touchdown in that time frame, but goes on to the professional side of things and has himself a very, very good career. Maybe not quite hall of fame, but this was definitely more of a strong safety guy. I mean, I brought up the other day, he's a six foot three, 236 pound guy when he was playing ball and recorded 31 interceptions and eight and a half sacks. And he managed to do this in an eight-year career. So a very, very good player, stud, hard-hitting kind of tone setter for the Sun Devils. And the Sun Devils, for what it's worth, have put in a lot. And I mean a lot of defensive backs. Sure, we're maybe we're not DBU the way that, you know, like a, a Miami or an Alabama, an LSU, a Texas, a Florida State might be. I'm sure I forgot a couple schools in there that are going to get mad at me. Ohio State, neither here nor there. But Arizona State does have more of a claim to that than I think people are willing to admit. And you had the success of a guy like David Fulcher, who underrated, was a guy who was a lot better than people give him credit for. So definitely got to include Fulcher in those conversations. He should be a college football Hall of Famer. Uh, One of the guys that I want to talk about next who to me, is definitely slighted when it comes to the Hall of Fame, is Jim Jeffcoat. Now, Jeffcoat was a guy who was a very, very good player for Arizona State, was actually a Rose Bowl champion for the... No, was not a Rose Bowl champion, excuse me. That was... Wait, no, he was a Rose Bowl champion. I'm silly, yes. He he did win the Rose Bowl with the team. Wait, Fiesta Bowl. Okay, Fiesta Bowl, final answer. He won a Fiesta Bowl with the team. Uh, back when Arizona State was just a dynasty program that won the Fiesta Bowl pretty much every single year. But he was a very, very good player, uh, dominant pass rusher. His son, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, was actually a player for the Texas Longhorns for a few years in the in the mid-2010s, somewhere around that time frame. But unfortunately, was always banged up and was unable to create anything in the pro ranks. His father, on the other hand, had a wildly good success in the pros. 
two-time Super Bowl champion, somehow never uh, recorded a Pro Bowl, which is unfortunately going to hurt his chances to get there. But he is in a 100-sack club with 102 and a half, uh, two interceptions for what it's worth as a defensive end, two touchdowns. But, I mean, he was a very integral part of what the Cowboys were all about during the 80s run that they had when they won a, then they won a couple of Super Bowls. And uh, Jim Jeffcoat was just a very underrated pass rusher, I think. And a guy who you look at what he was able to do at Arizona State. He was a one-time first team, all Pac-10 member. And again, he's just someone that I feel like kind of gets washed around when we talk about pro success. We talking about college success even. I he, He was a guy that, I learned about years ago when I started to get into Arizona State more, but I very rarely hear his name when we talk about, you know, very, very good pass rushers for Arizona State. I have to imagine that if they had officially recorded sacks, he'd undoubtedly be in the top 10, maybe in the top five. We should put him up there with some other guys like a Terrell Suggs, because I do believe that that uh, Jeffco was a very, 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 very good pass rusher for Arizona State. With that being said, though, we're going to go ahead and hop into our first break. And when we return, we're going to continue this conversation with a few more guys that I believe should be getting some Hall of Fame arguments for college football. This, of course, is the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL, Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball scores, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And one more time, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Levels your first listen every day. We do have an important favor to ask you guys as we've put together a survey so that we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you guys so much for your help. Let's go ahead and hop right back into our conversation now about Arizona State Sun Devil players who should be getting consideration for the for the college football Hall of Fame, let, let alone the NFL Hall of Fame, because some of the guys that we're about to get into moving forward are definitely players that I feel should be Hall of Famers, starting with Eric Allen. I was very surprised to see that Eric Allen is not in the College Football Hall of Fame. Playing back in the mid-80s, Allen was just a friggin' ball hawk. 16 interceptions in four years, including eight in his final year in 1987, returning two of those for touchdowns. In that 87 season, he turned those eight picks into 185 yards and both of his career touchdowns. Ends up going on to the NFL, is a second-round pick, and just completely outplays any and all of the like like I'm trying to articulate the words right now. He goes on and outperforms the 
the, the draft status, excuse me, the draft status that he was assigned as, as a second round pick goes on to the pros records, nearly 800 tackles, 54 interceptions. That puts him within the top 25 all time, maybe even a little bit higher for, for, for interceptions. This guy was an absolute ball magnet. Ends up being one first team, two second team All Pros, six Pro Bowls. Absolute legend with the Philadelphia Eagles. He might be their all time interceptions leader, but I'm not willing to put my flag down on that. And I would have to double check. But Eric Allen is one of the best defensive backs that Arizona State has ever had, both in the college and the professional level. This is a guy I was very, very surprised is not in either Hall of Fame. Because he's got the pro Hall of Fame statistics. Once you reach, in my opinion, that 40 interception mark, and nowadays because interceptions aren't nearly as common as they used to be, once you get to that 30 mark, you start a conversation. Once you get to the 40s, I think you have a very serious argument. And once you get past the 50s, I feel like you need to be in. 60s and 70s, yeah, forget about it. You're a first ballot. But 54 interceptions. Managed to do this in a 14-year career. So a very long time. If I remember correctly, he missed like less than 10 games when he actually made it to the pros. It was insane. The durability that he had. Never missed a game at Arizona State either. But overall, like I said, dude is an absolute ball magnet. Whenever whenever you were throwing his way, there was an opportunity that he was going to make you look absolutely silly and just, you know, take the ball for himself. So Eric Allen, another guy I think should be in there. Another defensive back, uh, this time in the form of safety, Darren Woodson is someone I want to talk about next. Woodson, again, this was a guy who we weren't able to find a lot of statistics for. Listed as a linebacker during his college career, goes on to be a very, very good safety in the pros. Uh, during his time with Arizona State, only had two seasons where he had interception numbers, had five interceptions during his stint with Arizona State but has a lot, a lot, a lot of success in the pros. This is another guy who, to me, I don't understand how he's not in the Hall of Fame. 1,350 tackles, 23 interceptions, 11 sacks. This was definitely a guy who just found his way around the field. Three-time Super Bowl champion, all of his years spent with the Dallas Cowboys in a 13-year career, uh, career, I should say. Four first-team All-Pros, five Pro Bowls. Again, I understand this is a college football Hall of Fame, not a pro Hall of Fame. But when, you, when you're looking at guys, particularly on the defense, and you can't find actual numbers to take a look at because they didn't record tackles and they didn't record sacks back then, you're looking at the overall success they had. Woodson is also up there for one of the greatest defensive backs the Sun Devils have ever had. To me, you have some kind of order of uh, Mike Haynes at the top. That's undisputable. He is absolutely the best defensive back Arizona State has ever had. And then you have a conversation between uh, Eric Allen and Darren Woodson for who's going to be number two there. So, you know, Woodson, undeniable stud, ends up being one of the most consistent players that the Cowboys have ever had run through their program, but missed very, very little time during his pro career. Another defensive back. Yeah, are you guys noticing a trend? We definitely have a lot of defensive backs. Again, DBU, but no one wants to talk about us. Mike Richardson, another guy very, very underrated. He is within the top five for Arizona State Sun Devils uh, interception leaders with 18 in a four-year career, including another eight-interception season in 1980. 
and he returned two of those for touchdowns. And this was not a guy who was, you know, like a big playability person when he did record an interception, only 7.3 yards per return. And in that 1980 season, even though he had two pick sixes, he still only had 11.1 yards for his interception returns. Ends up being a second-round pick in the NFL draft for the Chicago Bears. And yes, those Chicago Bears. I'm butchering my words. Those Chicago Bears. Mike Richardson was a very, very important part of that 1985 Bears season. Uh, One-time All-Pro. He obviously won a Super Bowl with them. 20 career interceptions at the pro level. And in that 85 season, he recorded four interceptions, had a touchdown returned, and a ridiculous 174 return yards, which is well over 40 yards of return. Richardson was a very, very, very key factor in that Chicago Bears defense. He was also a very, very important player with the Sun Devils. He was somebody who I feel gets washed up when you talk about, you know, the Darren Woodsons, the Eric Allens, the Pat Tillmans, the uh, Darren Wood, or I said Derek Woodson, uh, the Mike Haynes. There have been a lot of good defensive backs. And there's some other guys that we're going to talk about tomorrow on the post-2000s list. But Mike Richardson, I feel, is another guy who should probably get a little more love than he does get. A couple more guys I want to talk about here before we head into our final break. I'm going to power through them real quick. You have Shantae Carter, Carver, excuse me, who is also in the top three all-time for Sun Devils uh, sack leaders. This was a guy who was also just highly touted. It was a first-round pick, but more importantly for the college statistics, when he played in the early 90s for the team, he was a two-time All-Pac-10 member, but more importantly, he was a two-time All-American. This was a dominant pass rusher for Arizona State. And somebody who, again, does not get nearly enough credit for the production that he put up during that time. And unfortunately, you can't look at the at the at the box score because this wasn't when college football was recording tackles and and sack numbers. But this was a guy who I believe you can find the sack numbers for him, but I'm not entirely positive for that. For what it's worth, he was also a basketball player. At least in high school, I don't believe that he was somebody who actually played at the college level. But yeah, I actually have it right here now that I'm taking a look. During his college career, he had 41 sacks, which is three behind Terrell Suggs, 86 pressures, a school record, 57 tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and a ridiculous five blocked kicks. uh, Shantae Carver... Uh, probably one of the biggest travesties to not be in the college football hall of fame. One more guy I want to talk about before we head into our final break here, Woody green, another guy who blows my mind that he's not in the college football hall of fame. Uh, I believe I had him as my number one running back all time for Arizona state back when we did that series a few months ago, 3,754 rushing yards, 33 touchdowns on the ground, Another 537 yards through the air and seven more receiving touchdowns, giving him 4,200, nearly 4,300 scrimmage yards, 40 total touchdowns. As a runner, 6.2 yards on the ground, his worst, quote-unquote, worst yards per carry on the season was 5.8. He did that as a freshman. Woody Green was unbelievable. He was one of the Heisman finalists back in 1973. He finished eighth in voting that year. 
He was very, very, very important for the Sun Devils during their run there with the Danny Greens of the world and one of the best players that Hall of Fame coach Frank Cush had the opportunity of coaching. Woody Green just blows my mind that he's not one of the guys to be in the Hall of Fame, but he is not one of the two biggest snubs that I'm about to talk about here when we return for the final segment of this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirl on top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that chewy chocolate deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? You're in luck. <laughs> You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are the, these are better than a dessert. Plus the macros are unreal with just 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only four grams of sugar. I would replace these. I, I, I would replace regular brownies with built caramel brownies and a heartbeat. The best part is the caramel brownies are covered in 100% real chocolate. Like for real, with Built, you don't have to sacrifice taste for healthy. You can have both. And all the Built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There's a million reasons that you should try Built bars. But for now, let's just say the caramel brownie will rock your world. And that's not an understatement. With Built, tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of caramel brownies right now. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you guys again so much for making the Locked on Sun Levels your first listen every day. Go ahead and make your second listen to Locked on NBA Big Board Podcast with Rafael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin as they give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects and latest player rankings and, of course, big boards. Well, Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are two guys remaining on this list who blow my mind that they're not in a college football Hall of Fame. The first, Charlie Taylor. Now, I understand that Taylor's statistics aren't anything mind-blowing. In a three-year career, he had less than 1,500 rushing yards, a little over 550 receiving yards, and 25 touchdowns. However, this was in the 60s. And Charlie Taylor wasn't he, he, he wasn't a statistical monster as much as he was a very, very good player for the Arizona State Sun Devils. This guy ends up going on to be the number three overall pick in the 1964 draft. Third overall ends up being one of the most successful wide receivers in NFL history. Translates from a running back to a receiver. But that shouldn't be overly surprising because, again, when he was in college, he averaged 17.9 yards of reception as a running back. Goes to the pros and averages 14 yards per reception, a very, very healthy amount. But even more impressive is from the mid-60s to the mid-70s, he records 9,000 receiving yards. He also topples almost 1,500 rushing yards, 90 total touchdowns. This was a guy who was a freak athlete at Arizona State and was also a freak athlete when he got to the pros. He just, everything that he did for the program was unbelievable. He, 
I wish that I had gotten to see Charlie Taylor or at least put him in today's league because this is a guy who probably would have been a Heisman finalist, especially if he had gotten the opportunities that he ended up getting in the pro level. This, this was truly like a transcendent kind of player for Arizona State, a guy who really does not get talked about enough. And that's especially true at the college level because, A, Arizona State was still in the whack way back then. So it's not like they were in this Power 5 program where he was getting a lot of spotlight. More impressively is the fact that even in a in a role where he wasn't exactly a bell cow running back or a number one receiver, he still was making the most of every opportunity that he had. Again, he had 17.9 yards per reception. He had 5.7 yards on the ground. His final season at Arizona State, he had 6.8 yards per carry and 19.7 yards per reception. This was 100% a guy who was a massive home run hitter. How he's not in the College Football Hall of Fame is mind-blowing to me. But the most surprising guy and the, the final player I want to talk about, and I suspect that any Arizona State Sun Devils fan here is about to have their mind absolutely blown that he is not in the College Football Hall of Fame. Or at least recognized as one of the greatest wrestlers. That's right. Curly Culp is not in the College Football Hall of Fame. And I do not understand that at all. When I was researching for this episode of the podcast and I saw this, my jaw dropped. Curly Culp not in the Hall of Fame? That makes no sense to me. Curly Culp was a dominant force. You argue that he is the greatest player that Frank Cush ever got the coach. He's up there with Woody Green. He's up there with Danny White. He's up there with John Jefferson. Curly Culp was an animal. And he doesn't get the respect because he doesn't have box score numbers because he played in the early to mid-60s. They're not recording tackles. They're not recording sacks. But he goes on to the pros. He plays a long, long time. He ends up playing 14 seasons at the pro level, most of that with the Kansas City Chiefs. He wins a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. He's a four-time second-team All-Pro, one-time first-team All-Pro, six Pro Bowls. He's in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. He's in the Arizona State Sun Devils Hall of Fame. Not to mention he's one of the most dominant wrestlers ever, but you don't talk about college wrestling all that much. But he's 84 wins, 11 losses, one tie in three years in the Western Athletic... uh, Or not... uh, Yeah, uh, three-year... Western Athletic Conference, the WAC Championships. He was the 1967 Heavyweight Championship. Uh, won the Guerrero Award for the most pins in NCAA Division I wrestling. The dude was unbelievable. He was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald. He was the undersized guy who didn't get enough attention. But he dominated. And he would dominate in any era. He would dominate in the 60s, obviously. But he would dominate in today's game, too. In fact, he'd probably be a box score stuffer in today's game because he, even though he only was 6'1", 265 pounds, this is one of the strongest guys who has ever graced the field for Arizona State. Just ridiculous. Obviously, you look at the wrestling stats. 
And it's so funny because it feels like wrestling and football really go hand in hand, especially when you're playing defensive or offensive line. Curly Culp was the epitome of brute strength is going to win you so many different reps. It's not a coincidence that he's in the cult or the pro football hall of fame. It's not a coincidence that he is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And it's certainly not a coincidence that he is in the Arizona state Sun Devils hall of fame. Why he is not in the college football hall of fame is beyond me, but regardless Curly Culp at the very, very, very top of my list by a wide margin on guys who should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. But that is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in every single day. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you get those podcasts, make sure you hit the like, subscribe, or the follow button. And turn on notifications so that you get updates whenever we post new content. As of right now, that is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But it could be subject to change to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, depending on the preferences of you guys. But go ahead and make sure you hit me up with that follow on Twitter as well, at RichieBrad36 and at LO underscore uh, Sun Devils for the podcast as well. Constantly interacting with you guys and talking Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, and otherwise. Constantly, 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 please interact with me. I would love to talk with you guys and remember to tune in because this is the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. Completely biased. But until next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on Sun Devils.